Well, welcome everybody to Beyond the Pew. Welcome back at it again. Happy New Year. It's been a minute That's since not, our last one. Not Two a weeks, new right? year. It's not a new year. It, but it, it can still be a happy year. It can be a happy year, but yeah. you said happy new year. It's it is a, new to some. Nope. I mean, it's four months in. It's still someone new. I don't think it so is. So when you buy a car and it's, it's four months in, would you call it a brand new car or would you say it's... It's a completely it, different situation. Again, why not? Because you wouldn't call it brand new, no. If you bought it and it was four months in, it's not brand new. Well, I didn't point. say brand new. I you say it was new. You said brand new. I said well, happy new year. And you just said, would you call it brand new? Okay, will you call it a new car? Not. A new car? When it's new. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, a, there's an understanding of a definition of a new year. Like, I could see you saying it's a new year if you're still in January, but we're a quarter of the way through the year. We're not even halfway through the year. No, but we're a quarter of the yeah, way through so the year. Yeah, so it's still a new. Nah. It's nope. so, there's some newness to it. Nope, but you are wearing a new hat. I am wearing a new hat. And um, people can't see it. They can't see uh, it. Because they're just listening. But, but it is a good hat. It, we're repping a ministry you are. called The Well. The Well. Yeah, a shameless plug right now for absolutely. our young adults. Yes, and I know everybody's going to be intrigued to see what this hat looks like. So where can they see this hat? They can find it on NBC.org slash, nope. no, sorry, nope. NBC 98. Nine five. <laughs> wow. I'm nailing it today. Number, what's the number? <laughs> the uh, three three zero three three one nine four six nope, four. Nope. 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 Man, you are. It's I, I, three three zero three three one. It's been three weeks, man. Six four it's a new five year. three. <laughs> it's three three zero three three one six four five three. The website is mbc nine five dot org slash. I don't think there's a slash yeah. on merch. But if but they go to that and they go, they yeah, I'll just scroll all the way to the bottom. They'll say a section that says merch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so hopefully everybody gets that, and they're not super confused. Yeah. For clarification, what's the number? <laughs> they're just gonna be super confused. Yes. But you can find these hats for the well. For the well, and I also a hoodie, hoodies, which I'm not wearing today. Hoodies and hats. We want to thank our sponsors. Yeah. Uh, hoodies Hashtag and hats. Butch. Uh, NBC95.org. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, you have to check it out. You can see what Eric's yeah. wearing today on his head. Yeah. Brand new hat. Yeah. That is brand new, right? It is I brand mean, new. Just this week, you got this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. so. Not. Three, four months old. Yeah, it's. I would still call it new four months from now. No, you wouldn't. No, four months from. How 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 old are your boots? Oh, I don't know. Probably six months old. So are they old or new? Are they new? I to would you? never refer to these as new. What would you call them? I would say they're boots. Oh. And if someone said, "Hey, are those new boots?" I would say, "No, they're not. They're probably about six months old." You mean you would wear something for six months and say, "Oh yeah, it's it's new." Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> At any rate, we are back. We're back. We're so excited. We are talking about um, hot top, or not hot topics. Uh, hot uh, or interesting passages. Interesting passages. <laughs> passages where there might be multiple viewpoints, maybe different interpretations people have, or simply questions about or questions. Passages. Yeah, um, we've already tackled some some key ones from yeah. the Old Testament. Uh, we talked with Pastor Butch personally about capital punishment a couple weeks ago, and people can check that out in First Corinthians and mm -hmm. uh, what we talked about with that. Today, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews and, chapter uh, 6. This is a, a passage that I wouldn't say is controversial, but it is a passage that has multiple viewpoints that people hold very um, strictly Well, I would to. say it can be controversial because there are religious groups that base some of their beliefs they use this as a as a foundation for some of their beliefs. Sure, almost like a springboard, springboard, yeah. To, yeah. if you will, to their beliefs in regards to soteriology, with mm -hmm. doctrine of salvation. What is that? Okay, doctrine of salvation. 
and um, Eric Gil M. Div. And so we do have people who hold to certain beliefs coming out of this passage. So we thought we'd tackle it. It's one of those things that I don't think in listening to us, anybody's going to come to uh, being convinced yeah. of a different argument than they've already heard or that yeah. they aren't. If you already know this passage right away when we talk about it, chances are you have a viewpoint and you're sticking to it because it's hopefully based upon what you yeah. the Word of God teaches. But yeah. if you've not heard it, this might be one of those ones that's like, oh, okay, that's a passage that I really need that's to interesting. Look at yeah. and consider. And yeah. a lot of people just don't even want to look at it because they don't... We just read over, skip it. They don't it. know, right? Yeah. So, so let's read it. It's in Hebrews chapter 6. Um, and really the, not controversial necessarily, but the one that has the most interpretive challenges is in Hebrews 6, starting in verse 4. But for context, we're just going to read starting in verse 1. Okay. So Perfect. Hebrews 6, beginning verse 1, says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. So that's really the mm -hmm. portion there is those last three verses, four, five, and six, where there are multiple viewpoints about these particular verses. Do you want to share what any of those viewpoints are? Yeah, Pastor? so... There are three main ones. Number one, that is talking about individuals or it's talking about Christians, believers that have been enlightened and uh, somewhere along the ways they backtracked, they denied or they opposed their beliefs, their initial belief, and they walk away from their faith and therefore they have lost their salvation. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a, a very colloquial way of putting it. Yes. And so Arminian theology, that would be a large, um, I don't know if you want to say catalyst, for Arminian theology of holding that people can lose their salvation. Mm -hmm. They would point to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 to 6, and yeah. say, hey, look, very clearly here, this is a believer in Jesus that walks away from Christ, rejects the faith, he loses his salvation, right? That would be, yeah. yeah. Arminians would be a proponent yeah. of that. Yeah, and you, the, you, they would use that with other verses that they will put it together. Like you have to work your salvation. Yes. Uh, you know, keep watch of your fate. You know, things like that. And so, it's one that obviously has some value on some. And that's I think this is one of the most not not the most prominent, but one that is received, like you said, by the Armenians, but even by other uh, people within the the religious camp. Sure. Uh, the second one is that it is referring to. Uh, is referring to believers or, or non-believers that uh, have been, and what's the word I'm thinking, have been exposed to the truth. Mm -hmm. They have partaken, participated, and into the truth, that they are aware of the truth. They themselves may think that they believe in the truth, but when robbers meets the road, they are not. And so yeah. uh, that it, they, they were more just like, it was more like uh, uh, just a simple enlightenment, but not embracing yeah, so of the faith. Yeah, so these would be professing believers. Yeah. People who have said, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower I'm a Christian. of Christ. I, I love Jesus. But they truly weren't saved. Yeah. Right? They, they never actually believe on the message of the gospel, yeah. which is 
that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15. So, nice. so some would hold to the viewpoint that this is an unbeliever from beginning yeah. to end. They might look like they're believers, but they're not. Yeah. Right? And, and there's passages to, to uh, which we can get into that, sure. that, that will back that view. And then the third view is that it serves as a warning. And they will, they will look at different interpretations of the Bible, like the one in the King James, King James Version, uh, and how it's worded, you know, opposed to like the ESV, which is what you read. Uh, and, and they will look at it and say that this is, this is, is referring to like a, a, a hypothesis. Hypothetical, not hypothesis. Yeah. Hypothetical scenario where that if it was, if there was such thing as, <clears throat> as losing your salvation, then, uh, you know, this it would happen what he says here in verse four and five. So it's looking at it as like a, like a, like something that like, it's not a real scenario. So kind of to like warning, but a warning almost. And what I've understood is this third viewpoint, a warning to believers that was meant to serve as a catalyst for growth yeah. for them. So like, as he star early in the passage, talking about the maturity and like you, some of you, like if you go back to verse, uh, chapter five, talking about, Hey, like some of you are drinking milk. is so a step of getting into the solid food. Like in light of that, they will look at it and say, okay, this is a view that this passage is referring to believers that are partaking, that they part- have been enlightened, but they are not doing anything else. They're not growing. They're not, uh, you know, it should encourage them to dive deeper in their relationship, to mature in their relationship with God. Sure. Yep. You know? So so those are the three most prominent viewpoints that, that are there. I'm sure there are many others, you know, kind of woven into those three yeah. viewpoints, but those are primary. So what I, I thought would be helpful is, Let's just look at those viewpoints for a minute, yeah. Um, and kind of some some conclusions. I mean, I'm I'm happy to share where I land on that. Yeah. Um, but I want to look at those for a moment and kind of see how do they stack up with with the scriptures, like yeah. and with the text itself, yeah. right? So the first one is that Arminian viewpoint that this is referring to true authentic followers of Christ that have fallen away. They've lost their salvation. They they were truly saved, but they've lost their salvation, and that's who it's referring to. All right, and so. I, I would not agree with that viewpoint. Yeah. Would you agree with that viewpoint? Absolutely not. Okay, so I, I wouldn't, and there's a couple really, to me at least, obvious reasons why. First, in Arminian theology, they believe you can lose your salvation, but they also believe that that you can be saved again, right? You can, again, come to a point of true belief in Christ, um, you know, and this isn't to make light of Arminian theology, but uh, someone has described it more as like a... Um, a um, a dandelion of like, you, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not, in the sense of you can be saved, but then you can lose your salvation. And mm-hmm. then you can be saved, but you could fall away again. And then you can be saved. Well, one of the problems, and I don't mean to generalize Arminian theology because not necessarily everyone would b- believe that in Arminian theology. One of the prominent problems with Arminian theology here would be if it truly is a believer and it says it's impossible to renew them again to repentance, it would bring into question the ability of that individual to be saved again. Yeah. Right. And so this would be a finalized thing that if they yeah. were, if they were saved and they could lose their salvation because they fall away, they can never be saved again. And that, that's a, that kind of goes contradictory, I believe to where mainstream Arminian theology yeah. is because it would be true that they would believe someone could fall away and lose their salvation. But I'm not familiar so much with Arminian theology that would then teach and they could never be saved again. Um, yeah. And that may be the case, and I'm just not aware of it. Yeah. But I don't believe that's the a huge, you know, no. point of Armenian no. theology. It is that they can be saved again. Yeah. But here, the writer of Hebrews makes it very clear: if this is truly a saved person and they fall away, it's impossible. 
yeah. to renew them again. And I think like we, we talk about this multiple times on this podcast, the importance of when it comes to difficult passages or any passages as it is, that the best way to interpret it is in light of the Bible. Like you, sure. you pair them with other verses and you, uh, and, and you look at in the Bible, like what is the message? What is it trying to convey? And we know from multiple passages in the Bible that uh, there's not such thing as, you know, losing our salvation, that there is, there may be some verses that w there have been individuals that they will look at it and they could come to their interpretation. Okay. This is referring that to this verse right here refers to, yeah, you can lose your salvation, but when the study is done well, and there is an actual, we'll expend time of, ex ex you know, was that word exegesis sure. uh, and, interpreting and studying and breaking it down and look at what it said, you, you will come to the conclusion or the assumption will be that you will come to the conclusion that there is not such thing as losing your salvation because then I get, it become an issue. Was Jesus penalty on the cross? Was it sufficient? Was the penalty on sure. the cross? What, what Jesus did on the cross and raising from the dead, that journey, that's the gospel. Is it sufficient for sin? Is it a, is it a one and, and done event or is it something that we must come back every, every time? Again and again and again. Yeah. Is it something yeah. that when God's, what God has joined together can men separate it? Uh, can, can, you know, and we can get into all of this different, scenarios but i think that if you if we look at this and hold it into the view put it under the view of yeah you can lose your salvation i think that you're going to find a lot of conflict with other passages in the bible correct and even later on in the passage in hebrews 6 if you look towards the end of the chapter it speaks about the sure and steadfast anchor we have for our souls yeah. that is immovable and it, and it speaks about the eternal security and hope that we have um, in Christ that cannot be taken away. So, you know, as you mentioned, we want to interpret Scripture with Scripture, but also context plays a huge mm -hmm. role here in regards to this. And so not only does the surrounding context, if you finish the chapter, make reference of the contrast that Paul makes about, hey, listen, but but we have an eternal hope and security yeah. that does not fade away. Paul even says in verse 9 about what he just shared, about that falling away. Yeah. He says, though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved— we feel sure of better things, yeah, things that belong to salvation. Yeah. So it seems as though Paul even summarizes as his conclusion to the believers, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, you know, not you, nor am I talking about someone who truly is saved because he says we're confident yeah. of better things that actually accompany yeah. salvation. So it would lead me to believe this is not talking about a believer losing their salvation. Yeah. Well, he would even continue, you know, verses 10 and 11. He will say, for God is not unjust so that as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you uh, to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Yes. So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. So even in that context, yep. again, he's reminding them like that full assurance that you can have till the end, like the hope that you can have uh, on, on the area of salvation, you know, and, and the whole book of, I mean, Hebrews, it's vastly, it, it, like he addressed that vastly in the book yeah. of Hebrew, you know, when he talks about Melchizedek, the, the high priest, sure. when he gets into the hall of fame of faith, like these individuals of faith and how the assurance of faith, like what it comes with faith and in the example that we see in those individuals. And so I, I, I think that if you were to hold the view of this being, 
you know, meaning that you can lose your salvation, you're going to find yourself having a hard time interpreting or you're going to have a hard time with other passages in the Bible. Well, not only that, but it removes any kind of security, hope. Um, it removes any kind of sense of peace. Um, you know, if, if the believer could lose their salvation because of sin or because of rebellion or because of disobedience, um, everybody would be losing their salvation. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we're going to battle sin our whole lives. And so, as, as you mentioned, Scripture with Scripture, there are plenty of passages of Scripture that speak to the eternal security of the believer. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the end. Jesus talked about all that the Father gives to me will come to me, and I will lose none of them. Um, that they are his. I mean, we're talked about Romans we're, 8, Romans 8. Romans 8. There's no Oof. condemnation, right? For those it's who are no Christ mind, Jesus. no power, yeah, nothing it's, it's, to it's separate us from the love of God. Did. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jesus talked about no one can pluck, you know, God's children from his hand. Well, even Jesus himself, when he would share the message, you know, the good news of his kingdom. Yeah. He never shared it in a sense of, well, if you believe, be watchful because you may yes. lose it. Yes. Like that was never his so, message. So or scripture, the apostles. Yep. You know, for that matter. Yep. So interpreting Scripture with Scripture as well as the context, it would seem yeah. pretty clear. That first viewpoint of Arminians believing this is a believer who loses his salvation does not seem to match up, right? It doesn't yeah. seem to hold up. The second viewpoint of this referring to um, someone who maybe professes to be a believer, but they actually never were truly saved. That's where I would land, and, and I would land on that, and I would hold that as far as the clearest interpretation of the passage both because of the context, immediate context of the verses, as well as interpreting Scripture with Scripture, mm -hmm. what we would see the here. Perils. And, here's, and here's here's part of the reason why. And, and to get to the third viewpoint of a hypothetical, like this is a hypothetical warning that this is possible. I can see how people could arrive to that, that this is just, you know, the writer of Hebrews instructing believers in warning them that there's a necessity to mature in your faith because you don't want to be proven to be an apostate or someone who professed Christ but then in your works, you're showing you're not. I understand that viewpoint. The difficulty that I see with it being nothing but a hypothetical is that there are other examples in Scripture of these exact things happening. And, and one would be in John's letter in 1 John, where John talks about um, those that were initially with us, and then they went out from us, and they no longer like participated with us. us. Yeah. It was proof that they were never with us to mm -hmm. begin with, right? Mm -hmm. So there is precedent for this, of individuals that started off. There's the precedent of Jesus talking about beware of those that are in your assembly that are wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Like, so there is precedent both from the teaching of Christ as well as the teachings of the epistles where there is the presence in the body of Christ of those that do not know Christ and they're wolves, they're the enemy, they're people who are are professing Christ, but in works they're denying him. Mm. That is there. That's why yeah. I would have a hard time with the old idea of yeah. being a, a, of a, a hypothetical. I would lean towards it being a, a, someone who was not truly a believer in Christ to begin with, yeah. and they're eventually seen by their works and their ultimate rejection and denial of Christ as never having been belonging to Christ to begin with. Yeah. And, and I would use again... Verse 9, where Paul speaks about the contrast when he says, We're confident of better things about you, beloved, things that accompany salvation. To me, that is crystal clear. Um, I said Paul, the writer of Hebrews. It's crystal clear. <laughs> Paul? Some people believe. But the right. There is an understanding that this is in direct contrast to what he just described. Mm -hmm. Right, that he is making a distinct contrast between the individual he just described yeah. and the one who is truly a follower of Christ or what accompanies true salvation. 
And and so that's where I would come to this point of realizing I think it's referencing someone who was part and participation with the church, someone who was able to see. Some believe even it could be people who are eyewitnesses of the miracles of Jesus. They were eyewitnesses of the power of the Spirit of God and the establishing of the church. They saw the signs. They saw the miracles. They saw the wonders. You know who would be the perfect example of that? Judas. Sure. Judas would be an example of someone who saw all these things and participated in these things. He was embraced as one, too. I mean, I think think when, like, we just came out of Easter, like, it always, you know, kind of, like, makes me think. Like, the fact that when Jesus told his disciples that one of them was going to betray them, like, nobody looked at Judas. Like, nobody saw Judas as someone that, oh, he's definitely doing that. And even when he gets up and leaves, like, nobody, it didn't dawn on people, okay, he's leaving to betray Jesus. Yeah. You know? And so... uh, I, I think that to your point, like that's an example of individuals that they are in part there, there they they participate by their actions, by their expressions, by the way that they even dress. Yep. They may look the par, but their heart is not in the right place. And so this is why you have this dear warning, this dear statement to to the audience that this Arthur is writing to say, hey, like they are those that are gonna be among that they're gonna be among your mess that they are have been enlightened they have been seen the lie they have tasted the lie yeah. but they haven't really embraced it sure because uh, we will say just because you're exposed to the light or the truth of the gospel or the truth of, the, of God just because you understand it you know does not mean that you now have the merit of salvation just because you comprehend just because you have uh, uh, you, you, uh, you agree to it, you participate with it, does not mean that you now are a son or a daughter of God. We will say that that only comes to the exclusive work of God through Jesus on the cross and through his uh, resurrection. Yeah. Uh, but you still have people that they will find and they will believe that truly, you know, I'm saved or I'm sure. a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm enlightened, and yet, you know, it will be kind of like that passage that will say, depart from me who I never knew you. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think, I think uh, I read one commentator who said it's interesting because in this list, it's impossible for those who have once been enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift, shared in the Holy Spirit, have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come, and have fallen away. He made a comment that it nowhere in that list says those that who have believed in Christ. Mm-hmm. Those who have genuinely or placed their faith and trust in Christ or who have been transformed by Christ, there's nothing in that list that necessarily would prove salvation. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the interpretation of what is meant by being enlightened, what is meant by being uh, tasted of the, of the heavenly, um, of the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age, age to come. Those that have shared in the Holy Spirit, does that mean shared as in, it doesn't say indwelt, those that are indwelt by the Spirit of God or who mm. have been baptized by the Spirit of God. Yeah. He uses the word shared in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's where I feel like the most consistent with Scripture yeah. and contextually belief is, yeah, these were believers who were, who are, I'm sorry, um, unbelievers who were with believers, and they were seeing and experiencing all that was going on in the establishing of the church with their own eyes. They yeah. were seeing these things. They were hearing these things. They were seeing the transformation that takes place in people's lives through the Word of God. They were seeing the power of the Word of God. They were seeing the power of the Spirit of God. They they were listening to these things, observing these things. They were present for these things, but there was no authenticity of yeah. their faith. There was no true, genuine, saving faith here. Yeah. Um, no regeneration that took place in their lives. 
And so they, they eventually were seen as what they were, those that were lost and they fall away. And after experiencing all that and receiving all that, it was evidence to the fact that these were not people who truly knew Christ, nor will they know Christ uh, because they've rejected him. And yes. I feel like that's the most consistent person. Yeah. And I think it kind of hates to the, like when Jesus told the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, yeah. he gives one, one of the, you know, one of the, one of the examples of where the, the, the seed lands, it will be this one. Uh, other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth or of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no roots, they withered away. Yeah, you know those that like they show some some growth, they show some involvement, some signs of what looks like life. Life, and yet when it was time to truly to show for it, yeah, it, it, it vanished. Yeah, you yeah. know which you see it here. They have tasted. They have seen, they have been enlightened, they are, yeah. you know, meaning meaning that they understand, and yet they walked away. You yeah, know? And, I, and I read someone else who had said the whole idea of enlightenment and, and taste of the Word of God. Like, there are individuals who maybe have a head knowledge of these things, yeah. or they can even, with, with their intellect process, knowledge-wise, and even say, like, man, listen, like, people identify as Christians all over the world that celebrated Easter Sunday this, you know, yeah. last week. And they're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. They're not necessarily trusting in the finished work of Christ as their salvation, but they've heard and they yeah. understand. Yeah, I believe Jesus died and rose again. Not necessarily because that's their need for a savior or that's exclusively Jesus as savior, but they would intellectually agree with that yeah. or say that, but it's not saving faith. Yeah. Right. And so um, I think to wrap this up, I feel like this again shows the absolute necessity as Christians to come to our understanding of what God says in his word as we understand scripture with scripture, as we read it in its mm -hmm. context, as we read it in the way that we believe that, that God intends it to be read. And it's a it's an important thing to study the word of God. Yeah. And so for people listening, you know, yeah. there are those three major viewpoints. I would just challenge people as they're looking at this passage let your conclusions be based upon what Scripture says, yeah. not what we feel, what we think, or what we've heard. What does the Scripture say? Yeah. What does the Bible say? God is a God of order. He's going to be consistent. He's not going to contradict himself. So where's our interpretation lie as we think about all those things? And, and I think, too, with that, regardless of when you land on the spectrum, to go back and to examine your life and yep. to consider what are you basing your beliefs on? Absolutely. Like, like are you truly a follower of Christ? Are you truly a follower of Christ? Because, you know, and this is sad, but it's going to be a reality that, you know, in the day that it comes for those of us to be taken to heaven and those that are have to deal with the penalty in hell, that there will be a lot of, I believe there will be some religious, if not a lot of religious leaders or religious individuals that will be in hell that thought and believed, yes, I had a relationship with Jesus, but they based their belief in anything but the gospel. Yeah, and that's, and so, that's the warning that you see with the Galatian believers. Yeah. That's the warning that we hear from Jesus when he talks about false shepherds yeah. that are, are hirelings, he says, right? Yeah. that are not truly following Christ and, and caring about the sheep. Um, and that's also the necessity of our understanding of where true authentic salvation lies. It's, it's within Christ, yeah. and, and he's the only way, right? So we have to yeah. believe in the Lord Jesus and know where our faith lies. So yeah. um, I think it's challenging. Yeah, I think it it's is. encouraging. And, you know. and it encourages to be, you know, if the, if it is true that this is a reality, it should encourage us to be more proactive in our sharing of our faith 
Beyond the Pew. Beyond the Pew. What is your yeah. life like? Beyond the Pew. Beyond the Pew. We hope it's honoring to the yeah. Lord. If you have questions, passages you want us to cover, 330-331-6453. We'll be back next week. Have a With fantastic a new weekend. New episode. New, because it new. will be like the new one. Day, yeah. First yeah. day. Not. But it will be yeah. recorded That's a great example, just to wrap this up. Yeah. If, if I was referring to a Beyond the Pew episode, and it was six months old, and I said, hey, uh, is it Beyond the Pew? No, let's do three to so make it realistic. You, if I said, hey, we did a Beyond the Pew uh, episode three three months ago, would you say, hey, we just did a new Beyond the Pew episode? Yeah. You would so, call so that let, new. Let me, ask, let me ask this question. You have a, you, you meet somebody yep. that be, become, became a Christian, like, and he's a year-old Christian, a two-year-old Christian. Would you say they're a new believers or they're a mature believer? It depends on the context. In what sense? Well, there's a difference between new and mature. Okay. Are but they, there's are, many categories they, in between. Are they a new believer? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> no, no, don't ask me yeah. what I, don't answer me no, what I let question. Let me ask you this. If don't I pull had, that. If I had someone, I have my reverse Uno car right now. All right here. If I if I had if I had someone that's lined up, I'd say, hey, this person trusted Christ today. This person trusted Christ three months ago. This person trusted Christ a year ago. This person trusted Christ ten years ago. And I started with this person over here and said, hey, this this person's a brand new believer. Brand new. Right here. Brand new believer. Yeah. He just came to know Christ. You would agree with that. Yeah. But if I went to the person that was a Christian for a year and said, hey, this is a new believer. Yeah. You would, you would say that a Christian a year is the same category as the Christian that's just been saved. No. You, the difference was brand new opposed to a new believer. Is a new believer. You wouldn't agree? I'm trying to think through what this context was. I don't know. Because didn't you, at the, didn't you at the beginning... What is your life hey, beyond the like, view? <laughs> Tune in next yeah, week. Yeah, and we'll have a new episode as in new as in next new. week. And we'll talk of Maybe we'll figure it out here, you know, all around the world. Let Make us know. Make sure you come back. <laughs> From Alaska to Hawaii. <laughs> We're Amusements, out. We're done. Amusement We're done. Park. Off the rails. Come back next week. Bye-bye. See ya.